0: So It's good to be with you, and I need to explain two words before I share a short story. Uh, for anybody that is deep, deep, deep English, we have one or two, two people here that doesn't even know how to spell Afrikaans. Um, so for your benefit, because we want to invite you in and, and uh, make you part of the story, here's the two words that we as Afrikaans people, I think, have officially claimed as as English. This, this is a, we've, we've gone through the one Morse. Morse is, Morse is English. Everybody, everybody fine with the word Morse. Uh, the, the, the so-called it's obvious, but Morse just says something it says something different. So Morse we've claimed as, a, as English, but the two that I just quickly need to touch on before I share the story so that you can actually laugh with, because it's going to be really uh, a bit of a depressing moment if i share the story and you don't laugh. So I hope hopefully you laugh. Uh, here's the first word We've done that as English as well. It goes across cultures, it goes across boundaries, and that word is "lacquer." Lacquer. Everybody fun with the word "lacquer." Who does not understand the word "lacquer? Who needs uh, importation? Uh, moment? Everybody fun with the word "lacquer? The, the meat was "lacquer." The, the braai was "lacquer." The coffee was lacquer." It's a, it's a good moment, it's a wholesome moment. That's the, that's the one word. And the other word is "kayer." Everybody fine with the word kair? Um You might invite some English people over to your house and you go, will you come for a lekker kair? Yeah, it's, it's, everybody fine with the word lekker kair. So those, those two hopefully you, you follow. So uh, our little daughter, Eliana, she's two and a half, and I have the privilege to tuck her in bed every evening. Um, for the past few months, she chooses that it's daddy that needs to take her to bed. And uh, they obviously, they are very sharp at uh, at that age. They pick up quickly on, on small things and on big things. So uh, my wife gets cold very quickly. I mean, the cloud is like way past Cape Town, and then she starts dressing up already. Beanies and, and uh, japon, what's that in English? Japon. Um, <laughs> gown, 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 gown. Yeah, there we go. She puts on her japon um, it's March, and then she gets ready for July for the, for the winter. So she gets cold very, very quickly. So it's, it's always like, it's like three layers of duvet and blankets, and I'm there on the side with my one foot out. I'm like, radiator fan. It's like, Lord help. Like I, need, I need some cooling. So um, then Eliana would, would uh, she's now picked up on the, this coat, this coat, because mommy for always goes, this coat. But it's not just it's coat, it's slacker coat. How lacquer and coat mixes, I'm 100% sure, but it is it's lacquer coat. So um, now it's, uh, it's after the after the, the, the um, story time, book time, and reading time. Now it's, it's my turn to now uh, take her to bed. And now when she doesn't have socks on, she realizes, and obviously in the winter time, our, our house is, is tiled, the tiles are quite cold. So just before she gets off the bed, she goes, lacquer coat, lacquer coat. Uh, Papa optel so then she doesn't want to walk to bed. Then I have to pick her up because she doesn't have her socks on, and her feet gets obviously are cold. So um, she gets to bed, and then she says, "Laker bed, Lak er bed." We we teach her that she's got a lacquer bed uh, that she enjoys her her moment. So uh, and then that's the only time she's allowed to spring on the bed. That's the only time. So okay, okay, you can jump, and then Daddy also kind of does a bit of a, of a of a dive, and then we're there for three odd minutes, and then we quickly chat and maybe sing a sing a quick song. And then it's now her moment uh, that she needs to go to bed. But we, uh, we received this book from, I'm not, maybe it was Renette or some it's, it's It was someone's book that we kind of got handed. And um, the book says, something in the line of, your child is never too young for you to teach them how to pray. Uh, really, this morning, there's the value, the value of prayer uh, is, a, is a culture. It's a value that we want to install from, from early. So if she understands it or not, we pray. So it's, it's my privilege to, every night before she kind of just dozes off, I pray over her. And it's the Lord's blessing. I think most people know it. If you don't know the prayer, just listen to the song. And then instead of singing the song, you just speak the song. and that's Because so, we learn, we pick up on melodies quite, quite quickly. So the Lord bless you and keep you. Uh, the Lord make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you. Peace. That's kind of the Lord's blessing. But as now we teach her, she she starts to realize where the words are that she can remember. So uh, then we slowly kind of, we, we slow down the pressure. She can add the word. Okay. The Lord bless you and keep. Okay, great. And keep you. And make his face shine upon you and be gracious. It's just too long. Uh, gracious to you. And then the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. So, She goes to bed with peace. And then I say, In Jesus' name, Amen. Then she goes, Amen. But the other day, she went, In Jesus' name, (laughs) Laker Kayer. I'm not sure if someone visited our home and maybe after. The people visited, maybe we prayed together and we said, that was now a Lekker Kair. I'm not sure, but somehow she logged and she linked, in Jesus' name, Lekker Kair. I'm like, let's go, Michael. I think that's important as well. In Jesus' name, we for going So, uh, welcome. Welcome to the new version of the Lord's Prayer. Um, alternative. Uh, I'm just joking. But, although the... Although it was funny, and I had, a, I had a ball of a moment, and luckily this, last night she said amen again. So we didn't have a Laker uh apart from that one time. But in the context of teaching our daughter how to pray, Inga and I, we had the moment. I mean, it's, it's been coming for two and a half, obviously, years. But two months ago, it really kind of solidified just in how, how quickly they grow up. So we started to have some more intense conversations on where Eliana is going. And because of what we teach her and, and what we want to train her and ultimately who we want her to be as God's daughter, because of the, the product, if you will, sorry for using that language, but because of the, the product we want there, to make decisions here just makes sense. Because we can't just do and hope and hold our thumbs that Eliana will lack her care some Jesus when she's 18 and when she understands relationship with God. So because we, we wanted to have an intimate relationship with Christ and have a value for the Word of God and, and uh, revere God and have softened hearts and open ears, we kind of continually massage these things in. So we had these moments where we had to really, okay, great. Because of, of that, what are we going to do now? Because if we have a thinking there, it leads to us doing something today that would lead to the result of in 18 years' time or in 21, 21 years' time. And all the parents said... And all the parents said, Rudy, help me. Amen. Right. He preached on that last week, just out of a different angle, responsibility and, and, and partnership. Because there's a responsibility for us as parents, uh, it leads to us doing something today. And today we also lack a career. So it's, it got this whole thing going of eternal perspective. If we think eternally, it leads us to do something today. And the result, again, is eternal. Uh, And the link constantly is the Holy Spirit because He's beyond the boundaries of time. Um, So we look into Scripture, we gaze into Scripture, and we have these moments. Even even this morning we sang the song, Blessing and Honor. That is out of Revelation 7. We have this eternal picture. But today we can apply it by praising God. Today we can apply it by giving Him our praise and giving Him our worship. So this morning we're going to speak about eternal perspective. Uh, I'm not sure if if it's already on there. And uh, kind of a bit of a subheading, eternal thinking, but current actions, and then eternal results. Uh, I hope that makes sense. Uh, Eternal thinking, but current actions leading to eternal results. I actually had it, eternal thinking, eternal actions, and then eternal results, which I kind of had to maybe explain a little bit more. So I just went for current actions. I just quickly need to uh, press that button and that button. There we go now. I can see my... My slides, great. Next slide, and we're going to dive into some some scripture. Our decision making resonates into eternity, so why not gaze into eternity before you make a decision? Our decision making resonates into eternity, so why not gaze into eternity before you make a decision? Um, I love playing guitar. Uh, I don't have all the ins and outs knowledge of frequencies, and Daniel, you he can help me a little bit more. And there are some people more skilled in the, in the music industry and in the sciences and everything. But uh, playing guitar literally has a string that resonates. And uh, there's a hole in the guitar for a specific reason. Because the sound in the body generates, and at the end of the day, it, it resonates. The earth has a frequency. It's been resonating. And uh, once I was reading this, um, this book on music worship and how the God just explained his heart and what he puts on the table, and he mentioned that whatever we play now, whatever we sing now, not physically just resonates into eternity, but obviously spiritually it resonates all the way. And it got me thinking of, then we really have to make sure that what we do now and what we sing now and what we speak about now and what we the things that we put in place would really resonate into the eternity that we want to because there 's two kingdoms light and and dark so bringing that 's what I want it to resonate into eternity, Lord, help me to apply it today uh, because you are you are into eternity and the, the two letters that I want to encourage you to read, I wish we had time i 'm um, not going to say there's going to be a sermon series, but there's a lot of things that's going on in my heart regarding eternal perspective, but what are we doing today? That's 1st Timothy and 2nd Timothy. So if I can give us homework for tomorrow, 1st Timothy, not for tomorrow, 1st Timothy and 2nd Timothy, read it and see a heart of a father in the Apostle Paul speaking to Timothy. And often, 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 he makes the statement of, hey, lead the church. Don't be afraid. You've not received a spirit of fear, power, love, and a sound mind. And then he pulls him into an eternal thinking moment. He pulls him into, so one day when the salvation of God comes, you'll save many people. And then he goes back to, but what what about today? Okay, flee this, flee this, speak this, speak this. And he pulls him into an eternal thinking moment. Because one day when the Lord comes radiating down on the clouds, and he goes back into today, and then he pulls him into eternal moment, and he goes back into today, Pulls them into an eternal moment. I think why? It's because if it doesn't make sense into eternity, why do we do it today? And for us, we're going to speak on us as church doing things today, but it has an eternal purpose. So Ephesians three, verse seven to twelve in the ESV is going to be our kind of start off, and then we're going to go into the second part. Paul writes, and Paul Paul wrote this as well in uh, into the church in Ephesus. The manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. That part we know well. And that part we often encourage. Church, we've got this awesome mandate uh, for His manifold wisdom to be made known through us. To the authorities, to the powers. Listen to the first few words of verse 11. All these things. This was according to the eternal purpose. It's always been His idea. It's, it's an it's a, it's a, it's a eternal thinking moment from God that he pulled, okay, here's the church, activate. What's your purpose? But it links right back into eternity. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So I'll make the statements on the next slide. The church is part of God's eternal purpose. And the reason why I want to make that statement is the church is not just to keep us busy on planet earth. It's not just a nice idea for us to warm a seat. It's not just for us to do things and full schedules and have people do things, various give things. But it has no eternal purpose. It has no eternal value. And personally, I love Ephesians 4, which we're going to do now and go through that. And I want us this morning to together be freshly encouraged by what if the church has that eternal purpose? The things that we do here today really counts. The things that we do here today really counts. The giftings that is given into church really counts. The way that God wants us to operate as an army but be a family really counts. Because it echoes right into the gates of eternity. Here's Ephesians 4, 11 to 15. So that's the eternal purpose. And P already alluded to this um, Early on in the service, and it starts with the following So Christ Himself. That just sets it for me. This was this was Jesus' plan. Here's his plan. So Christ Himself, after Ephesians three, Ephesians four, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up. Listen to how he writes, until something happens now and equipping happens now, until we all reach unity in the faith. Beautiful love Ephesians 4 and uh, how Paul lays it out for us. So he says, right now, he's given Christ, his idea, he's given five sets of gifts to have an eternal impact. So make sure the gifts and church operates to make known the manifold wisdom of God. Then this automatically as a result in terms of who God um, softens and who he adds to church. So before we go into some detail, here's an encouragement for us. On the next slide, short-term decision-making might bring immediate relief, but causes long-term damage or hurt. Uh, most of us are often, maybe on a daily basis, you are you are pulled into, maybe even leered into, I need to make a decision now because the need is so big. But often, in fixing the need right away, has a long-term damage or hurt moment to it. So it's not always the immediate relief that's the answer. It's the eternal thinking. Lord, what's the plan there? What are you saying there? That's how he wants it to look great. Now I'm going to make a decision here. Now I'm going to follow through with what he wants me to do so that it looks like that there, if, 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 if you're with me. I redubbed the same slide, but I changed two words. Fleshly decision. Make, uh, fleshly decision-making might bring immediate relief but causes spiritual damage or hurt. So I change short term with flesh, and I change long term with spiritual. Because that's, that's sometimes where we find ourselves. In the flesh, I need to make a call now. But it actually brings damage in the spirit. So the eternal thinking would be, I need to make a spiritual call now. I need to make a spiritual decision now to have a spiritual result. And that's what I want to encourage out of us uh, this morning, afresh. And Growth takes time. On the next slide, growth takes time. Reaching unity takes time. Maturity takes time. But the result is eternally glorious. How to get there? Christ Himself gave us the approach. So I'm going to take a few minutes um, within this word time we have this morning, and I'm going to break down uh, the fivefold the apostolic, the prophetic, the evangelistic, the pastoral, and the teaching. And I would encourage us this morning to, Lord, show me how I am part of your church. What is my position within this? Because this is your way of getting eternal results through church that you graced. If it makes sense. All of us have a, have a role to play. Um, so I dubbed it the following. The top heading will stay the same. Next slide. We can't afford not to be. So for all five. We're going to run through, we can't afford not to be. The reason comes out of Ingena's conversation. Because we see this for Eliana, we can't afford not to do this. Does that make sense? Because we see this for our daughter, we can't afford to slip on this. And it's grace, so don't hear me out of a legalistic way. We can't just afford to go naively into our parenting. Because we see this, we're going to apply this. Does that make sense? So I'm dubbing it, you can't afford not to. And uh, in church, as Paul wrote through the grace of God, he said, we can't afford not to be apostolic. Can't afford not to be apostolic. And we're going to go into Acts 1 just to get some context for what we mean with with apostolic. We're going to read verse 8 and then 21 to 25 at the end of chapter 1. And here's what what Luke is writing. This is the birth of the early church. That's context. Something is now birthed. Something is being expanded, and here's what happens. Jesus says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, dot, 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 I skipped verses in between. Now, here's what happened. After that moment, Christ ascended to heaven, and the church was birthed. But Judas hanged himself, as per prophecy, he hanged himself after he um, kind of disowned Christ and after he sold him, sold him off to the Sadducees and the Pharisees. Judas hanged himself. So they were 12. Judas left the WhatsApp group. Now they needed to add uh, someone to this WhatsApp group before they go on this mission. Okay, so here's the context. Therefore, it is necessary to choose one of the men who have been with us the whole time the Lord Jesus was living among us beginning from John's baptism to the time when Jesus was taking up from us. For one of these must become a witness. There's our word. That's the purpose. So Jesus says you'll receive power to be a witness. The apostles are going, we need another witness. So they nominated two men, Joseph called Barsebas, also known as Justice, and Matthias. Then they prayed, Lord, you, have, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these you have chosen to take over this apostolic ministry. So what has got to do with the apostolic is we are witnesses. There's something that expands, but he chooses how the expands happens. So for us, uh, as church, emotionally, here's what, here's what happens. I want to I wanna read it. I actually thought I'm going to read it so I don't forget. Um, this is a quote written by, by me. Okay, here we go. The cost is too much if we end apostolic. Because expansion often begins messy, lacker begins messy, and there's a difference between being messy and having a lack of vision or godly order. Big difference between being having a messy season and a lack of godly order and vision. Messy means that we have evidence of things being excavated and built, so it might look a bit messy, but there's evidence of things being excavated and built. There are some growth pains. I have a pain right here at this moment, but that is not because of that. Is because of someone sitting in this hall that really massages very, very painfully. There are spiritual babies amongst us that still need milk. That's part of that moment. And then the seasons come where everything settles and we get comfortable. And that's why I want to call this moment for us now. We can't afford not to be apostolic. Then God stirs His heart in your heart for expansion, and because it's uh, settled, the first thing you fight is, you. Because what happens when God stirs us as church to, to expand, who do we face? Me, my comfort. Ach Jesus, alles like so mooi nekies. Moet ons nou weer bouw en breek, moet ons nou weer stof maak, moet ons nou weer kap, ons nou net lekker begin keir. Alles is nou net lazy boy, lekker rugby, Twenty twenty three, whatever the case might be, no so, and then God goes, like, oh, there's a difference between having a messy season and something just being a real mess. But what's the link? Unity. If we understand that as church God calls us to expand, the unity is the thing that keeps us close. Although it's a little bit messy. My father and my mother, they're now busy kind of doing some renovations at their home. It's a mess. But what's the long-term thinking? They just want all the kleinkinders to joll on the stoop. So now they're making a lekker kair aria for the grandchildren. It looks messy now, but what's the result? Lacquer. kair. You know what I'm saying? So we need to, I don't often use these words, but here we go. We need to get over ourselves if it becomes uncomfortable for us because of culture. Going no, we we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna pitch this place. We're gonna build this church. They're so comfortable, and there's no lacquer. It's like no no no, we don't build. He builds, and often he builds out of our comfort zone. My 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 comfort zone. Jesus is a bliftall. It's it's me. There's no lacquer. Where's uh, where am I? Oh, here we go. We can't afford to have such a nice feeling. And setting, more than a feeling. Okay, we can't afford it. The price is too big. That's the point. If we resist God's expansion, the price is too big. When? Tomorrow. Nope. Next week? Nope. Next year, maybe, just maybe, still not so big. And then one morning, we wake up, not I wake up, in five years' time, and we've been, why have you resisted? Why have you grown comfortable? Why have you gone complacent? We can't, the price is just too big. Paul writes, I've, I've been uncomfortable here, I've been uncomfortable there. And it's been good times as well. He says, I've been content. I've had much and I've had little. But we can't afford not to um, obey when God wants to, wants to do that. That's the messy part. What is a mess? Backstabbing, bickering, strife, disunity. That's a mess. But God expanding is not a mess. It's His plan. It might be messy, but be part of a messy season and not, don't be part of a mess because there's a big difference. There's a big difference. There's a joy, if you will, in the messy. No, no, gaan ons No, no, gaan mop. Just now we're gonna vacuum everything. The fire's gonna light. ons gaan ons lekker in Jesus name. amen. All right. Uh, next slide there is a big difference between a messy season and a mess of a season I think uh, I think we've settled that one Uh, Act 6 it's not on the board uh, actually gives us a little bit of insight into an apostolic messy season Uh, a lot of people were added to the church as God moved as the message of the gospel spread and people started to complain because more people got added more people have issues like we all do and more people needed things what did it mean? It's a mess. No. But messy. And now we just need to bring greater order and greater clarity to what God is doing. Easy. Easy. But we can't afford not to expand if God says we should expand. Next, uh, next slide. We can't afford not to be prophetic. We can't afford not to be prophetic. Here's Paul writing to Timothy. This charge I entrust to you, Timothy, my child, in accordance with the... Prophecies previously made about you that by them you may wage the good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience. By rejecting this, actually quite strong, some have made shipwreck of their faith. Again, Paul speaking to Timothy, the, the kind of his spiritual father, if you would, if you allow me to kind of use that uh, illustration. In accordance with the prophecies, you wage warfare, reject it, you might even lose your faith. It's massive. We can't afford not to hear what God is saying to us for our next step. Can't afford not to be prophetic because it aligns us for warfare. It aligns us for warfare. On Thursday evening, we had a leaders meeting. Peer shared some stuff. We can't afford not to listen because it just helps us to go, great, here's the next next move, if you would. Because we're not naive. We now know what God is saying and we just warfare straight in line with what God is saying. If we forget that, if we don't listen to it, we might pick up some troubles along the way that could have been a bypass if we just obeyed. What, what is God saying to us? Uh, here's something that I also wrote that I wanted to read. The cost is too much if we ain't prophetic. There's a special and a timely word from God to either bring us back to his will and ways or to confirm a season and a direction. It's being sensitive and aware of what God is doing. We join dot one and then God says join dot to the evangelists, they want to join dot one two three four five all the way to 55. That's it. We'll get to the evangelists just now. But for us, like, hey, here's dot 1, here's dot 2. We can't afford now not to join dot 1 and dot 2. Just need to be sensitive. On Friday night, we had the best movie night ever. Where's the youth? Are you guys all on the holiday? Um, one or two, though. we had the best movie night ever at our Friday night youth gathering, which didn't contain a movie. Uh, it was a surprise. It was supposed to be a surprise. Because uh, we can't do snacks with the carpets. We can't have 50 high school students with a slush puppy, a Terry Stumpy, uh, Omar biscaiki, All those things. It's going to be an absolute mess. So we said we're going to surprise the students. We're going to have our chocolate. We're going to surprise the students with, hey, movie night. There's our chocolate. Instead of going, hey, movie night but no snacks. No one's going to pitch. Um, it's like who wants to pitch at a movie night without snacks. So subscription, everything legal. I bought the movie. It works. But apparently there's a nice little inside system that calculates the moment you, dis- you connect an HDMI cable. It doesn't allow it to drag the movie over because they think you're making money out of their movie. I'm like, I never knew that. It worked at home because I didn't connect an HDMI cable. So I even asked the parents, give us a half an hour extra after youth. Then we can apply the movie. At 6.15, we wanted to start. At 6.30, the technical team still couldn't figure out what's happening. I'm like six thirty seven thirty eight thirty, Lord, speak now and speak quick <laughs> what what are we doing psalm ninety one okay, great, groups of three, groups of four scatter, 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 you do this, do that on on the laptop quickly, just pasting psalm ninety one on the screen so that everybody can see, and it was literally a minute by minute, Lord, what's next like one hour forty five to go, one and a half hours to go I not like Lord, that moment where you took Peter and you transferred him into the Spirit, I'm asking for one of those. <laughs> Come through. Two hours later, we we left, and it, it, it was great. Psalm 91. Yesterday, I went to the mall uh, to get some things for Aliana. The mall was—it looked like how thing came to George yesterday for some odd reason. The mall was packed. I got one parking, and I quickly park. I'm out into this game. <laughs> Great. And when I get back in my car, there's a Nissan Navarra on that side. Guess what his number plate is? Psalm 91. I'm like, it's just being sensitive. It's just being aware of uh, what is the Lord doing. Next slide. The prophetic brings a clarity and a direction into what we should fight and what not. We need to hear God's voice. Constantly. Next one, as a church, we can't afford not to be evangelistic. Can't afford not to be evangelistic. I want to read Romans 1, 16 to 17. Paul's writing, he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith, for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith that's romans 1 romans 10 verse 14 to 17 actually read from verse 9 but it was just too much so i kept it on verse 14 to 17 and paul's speaking about if you confess with your mouth jesus lord and you believe in your heart that god raised you from the dead you'll be saved that's verse 9 and 10 verse 14 so if you confess but how can you confess or how can you call on him if they have not believed and how are they to believe if they have not heard and how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless someone are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. And on that note, Rudy got white sneakers. That's a, a, Rudy got white sneakers. That's all I'm saying. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news? Verse 16. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? And here's the thing, so faith comes from hearing. And hearing through the word of Christ. That Romans 10, 17, which we often go, faith. If you're in the word of God, you have faith. You hear God's word, you have faith. If we expand a little bit, we can help someone else get their faith by going out that door and sharing. So, there's the eternal part. Someone has faith. What is the current part? Someone going. So, if you reverse it. They have faith, it's just reading in reverse. Because someone was sent, because someone preached, they heard, they believed, now they can call. Make sense? The, we can't afford not to be evangelistic. This morning, I uh, shared with Peter just before the service. And it's, sometimes it's so easy to engage people, um, just uh, not necessarily to share the gospel right there, but it's just sometimes to get over the engaging thing. I got a coffee at Mowicks. Cornerstone just before the service, and I saw some some motorbikes that's parked right there. I saw some people are saved and some people are unsaved because there were KTM's and BMWs. Um, um, so obviously we know who we needed to pray for. So that's that's a straightaway evangelistic moment. It's like KTM kill your time through maintenance. Um, anyways, I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, BMW, Blessed made Villa. Uh, not Black Met Villa, it's Blessed Met Villa. <laughs> I'm teasing, I'm teasing. So there were a few bikes there and I'm, I'm, I'm just telling my story, okay? And I'm, I'm getting a cappuccino and I saw, I didn't see the lady coming from behind. She just appeared on my left and she was kitted out in biking clothes. But she greeted, she said, good morning, sir, how are you? She didn't say, sir, good morning, how are you? I'm like, I'm well, thanks, I'll be there just now. That was my response. She's like... What for? I'm like, for the photo that I need to come and take? How did you know? It's like I also I'm also a motorcyclist, I know the drill. She's like, Thank you, see you now. So she runs back to all the people she's like, hey, boys, come in, come in. It's like photo, stuff like off we go. Like, sometimes it's 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 just easy just to engage. Didn't share the gospel. They were like, Where are you going? Oh I asked them, Where are you going? Said, Tankwa, Tinkwa, something that's probably probably in the mountains. She she looked at her What she's like, You're probably going to church. I'm like I get what you mean, but not really. It's not, not time for that, but she knew. So anyways, we have to preach. Here's the next slide. His preeminent demonstration of power is that he can convert a sinner and bring that dead and condemned soul back to life, eternal life, eternal life. Something I want to read again. A biggest miracle is a soul that repents. We have the answer to the biggest disease that ever entered humanity. A disease that causes eternal separation from God and eternal pain and suffering. We have the answer. Jesus' price was too costly for us not to bring the gospel to people in all spheres of life. Be it in your school, be it in your business, be it in your, uh, in your neighborhood. The cost is just too much. We can't afford not to be evangelistic. Uh, as we come to a, to a close end, we can't afford not to be pastoral. can't afford not to be pastoral. Acts 20 verse 28 actually gives us a beautiful kind of insight. It starts with, pay careful attention to yourself and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God which he obtained with his own blood. Pay careful attention. The thing that I use to pay careful attention to myself is a heart rate monitor. And often I'm Taken out by fellow Brothers about my low heart rate, uh, and then I get encouragement from the sideline. Come, 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 come! loaf! Uh no chabiki. So I'm finding another spot to actually place my heart rate monitor where some people can't see what my heart rate is actually doing. But now we, we have these four quadrants as a family, an army, an equipping center, and a hospital. That's who we are as a local church family. We family, we army, we uh, we equip, and we are a hospital. Now imagine the following. We're on battlefield, and um, I'm going to go pair myself and ready. We're going, okay, boys, skiet okay. We must skeet. Pete. It's like, who's Pete? What gun does he have? Like, has he been trained? And then it's just a complete, that's a mess up. That's not a mess. That's, that's a mess. And then you get a shot in the leg, like, <laughs> it's like... And then, hey, you can go to Scotty. Uh, now I have to go to hospital for me, training for you. It's just a, this, this is a whole battlefield moment. It's like instead of going, cool, target one, poof, target two, buff, target three, buff, it's like, okay, but the Martis, uh, well, cooler, okay. And then the one guy starts a bra. I'm like, yeah, man, this even what believe, means let's make it happen. It's like, are you English or Afrikaans? So, so pastoral helps us to keep our fingers on the pulse. Who's who? Where's where? Who needs is that way? Yeah, exactly. one oak starts to brown, the other one is Lakit like, Kayar. Postural helps us to keep our fingers on the pulse. Who's who? What's the pace? Are we actually in the race that we're supposed to be? Are we burning the afterburners too quick in the workout, and then we foe and then we fade or are we gonna make it? And here's the great thing about us. Taking care of ourselves, but also for others. If we know them, we can actually encourage. Okay, Biki uh, start Slightly, slightly he just goes, and then uh, and then he wins. But anyways, um, you know, slightly back off. Just just a little bit. The the tough part is coming just now. How do you know? I'm taller, older, and wiser. That's how. Um, I can I can see there. Uh, and then other guys are like, "Hey, you must pick up the pace a bit." Like, why? Because your heart rate is loafing. You are loafing. Come, come, come. No seat warmers. Let's go. So it's not a yin for alka capsule. It's not one comb for not one comb for every headdress. It's being pastoral. It's being in tune with who we are as a church. Does that make sense? I hope I hope you're listening and not just laughing. Have never heard the word capsule. Ru- Rudy does, also doesn't understand. But, <laughs> sorry, my friend. <laughs> so, so here's the deal when it comes to, we can't afford not to be pastoral. That's emotional health and pace. It's not death by counseling. It's not death by counseling. It's death by laying your life down to Jesus. That's, that's the death we're speaking about. Not death by counseling. We can't afford not to be pastoral, which sounds like, hey, how are you doing? Not well. Why not? Because of this and that and that and that. So what did Jesus do for this and that and that and that? In the mirror image, in the mirror image rather of Christ. We can't afford not to be pastoral. We can't afford not to go, hey guys, slower, slow down, slow down. Also, hey guys, we need to pick up the pace. It's pastoral and always just slowing down. It's about discerning where What's the pace? Is everybody getting it? Yes. Let's move. Is everybody getting it? No. Slow down. Slow down. It's an emotional health part of who we are as church. Death by counseling. I like it. Last one. We can't afford not to be teachers. Can't afford it. The price is too big. Second Timothy 4 verse 2 to 4. Again, Paul writing to Timothy, Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. So we preaching in the summer and the winter. Not, not what he means. Uh, what he means is if it is popular or not, you preach. If it's uh, taken by culture or not, you preach. That's, that's what it means with be ready in season and out of season. Reproof, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers. Didn't highlight that part because that's a negative one. That suits their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. So phenomenal how Paul links teaching with truth. And do we need the teachers in our midst to go, and here's how we expand God's word. Here's how we open it up. Here's how we dissect it. Because it's important for us as church to stick to truth. We need the teachers. 2 Timothy 2, that's not 2.15, that is 3.16. My apologies. It's not 2.15, it's 3.16. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching. That's scripture, teaching for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. That every man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And now we stand there again, and we hit it because everybody is equipped. Everybody is in line. Everybody has the truth. I'm going to go back to our awesome movie night of Friday evening. What I thank God for when I got home was the following. And then I'll read what I, what I wrote down here. I thank God in that moment that we do not do entertainment at youth. When I figured out we've got two hours to go, I'm like, Lord, I have nothing. I don't have a joke. I don't have games. I I have nothing. I can preach for two hours. I'm not sure if they're going to enjoy that much. So, Lord, lead us. And what are we going to do? And honestly, I praise God. Lord, thank you that we suck at entertainment. We honestly do. Because we teach. And we get the youth equipped in God's word. Because that's what changes them. Um, it's not entertainment. So the cost if we don't teach is too much because of the following. Entertainment does not mature. It doesn't make us battle ready It doesn't bring us to absolute truth. It is not diligent and consistent but rather sporadic. Teaching takes a very specific approach to teach the Word of God and to break it open to church for the growing of the church in maturity and unity. That's why we need the Teaching. So if we look at the eternal perspective, this is what God has for church. What do we do now? We are apostolic, prophetic, evangelistic, pastoral, and teaching orientated. Yes, there are people that actually have the gifts, but we also focus on how does it look when we walk it out. How does the expansion look? How does the prophetic look? How does the pastoral feel? How does the teaching go about for us to be effective as we look eternally? He said, now to the church, the manifold wisdom of God will be made known. How do we do that? Apostolic, prophetic, evangelistic, pastoral teaching. All of five. Can't afford not to be those five. Because then he gets the glory.